his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. To the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Well, if you enjoyed yesterday's uh, crazy weather with some of the storms moving through the area, well, you're going to have a blast today because it looks like... Some of these storms will make a return appearance today. That is what is in store. We want to get some insight on what we can expect. Yesterday, we had some tornado warnings that were issued for parts of York and Chester counties in South Carolina. Nothing, I believe, for North Carolina counties. But we were warned yesterday by meteorologist Richard Llewellyn. The possibility today could actually be worse than yesterday. Uh, to give you a picture of how challenging that is, at the airport, for instance, nearly 300 flights at Charlotte Douglas Airport were delayed. 300. Keep in mind, we have about 600 flights a day out of Charlotte Douglas Airport. So this gives you an idea of what a mess that was yesterday. So what can we expect today? Well, let's turn back to our good friend, Richard Llewellyn, meteorologist with the Weather Channel, to give us some insights as to what to expect. Good morning, sir, and welcome. Good morning, Vince. How are you this morning? Doing pretty well. I want to start by uh, looking at yesterday. Uh, Was it pretty much as you guys were expecting? Yeah, it was pretty much what we were calling for in regards to the potential for severe weather. We may have seen uh, a couple of tornado warnings that were just outside the the uh, level two and level three areas that we had in South Carolina yesterday. But overall, the forecast pretty much verified. We had some strong tornadoes down in uh, central and south Georgia that worked across South Carolina yesterday. And uh, several of those were on the ground for a long duration. They were long track tornadoes. And uh, the forecast was pretty good on yesterday's event. And I think today's event is lining up just like we were thinking that yesterday would be. It looks like a little bit better chance for severe weather, uh, a little bit further uh, or closer to the Charlotte Metro, and especially in the upstate and western uh, Carolinas as we head into the uh, evening hours this evening and through the overnight tonight. Give us a sense of how serious uh, these storms will be. Uh, what kind of magnitude are we talking about? Are we talking about hail, uh, the possibility, again, of tornadoes uh, in North Carolina, for that matter? Yeah, well, the, the, the main concern for, for Charlotte uh, at this point is going to be with some large hail, frequent lightning, and some strong winds. We may see an isolated tornado or two. That's one of the reasons the Storm Prediction Center has uh, given us a level one out of five chance, one out of five chance for us here that we will see some severe weather. And today's line basically runs from Wilkesboro to Hickory to Charlotte to Florence and down to Myrtle Beach. Level two, which is 
a little bit better chance of seeing the potential of uh, one or two tornadoes is basically covering uh, much of western North Carolina from Boone and Asheville down into the upstate and midlands of South Carolina, as well as the low country all the way down to Charleston. And then there's a small slither of western South Carolina from Augusta to Hilton Head and Fripp Island, and then far western North Carolina for Andrus and Murphy on up to Maggie Valley, where we will see uh, the chance of uh, some pretty significant severe weather later this evening, where we could see some long-track tornadoes, uh, hail, damaging wind. So uh, it looks like there could be in the far western Carolinas, especially uh, down along the Savannah River and then up in far western North Carolina near the border with Tennessee, uh, basically west of uh, uh, of uh, Maggie Valley and Andrus and uh, on up to uh, those areas. Uh, we could see the potential for some pretty significant severe weather later this afternoon and this evening. Well, tell us about the progression of this storm system, uh, where it starts, uh, what time of day, and the areas that it will affect, you know, in terms of the upstate of South Carolina and the Charlotte area, for that matter. Yeah, well, what we're watching today is the storms are already underway right now, going ongoing in West Tennessee and across uh, portions of northern Mississippi right now. This is an advance of a cold front that is going to continue to sweep uh, eastward as we head on through the course of the day today. By about 4 o'clock this afternoon, we should start to see some initial thunderstorm development, uh, especially in the upstate. Uh, looks like probably about 4 o'clock uh, in the upstate of South Carolina. I think it's going to be closer to 6 for us here in Charlotte when we will start to see some of the first storms of the day. And temperatures are going to be very warm, upper 70s, right around 80 degrees for daytime highs this afternoon. So it's going to have plenty of fuel, plenty of instability to work with, and these showers and thunderstorms will come up pretty quick. Once the storms get underway this evening, it'll probably last. We'll probably look at the potential for severe weather from about 6 o'clock tonight here in Charlotte up to about midnight tonight, probably lasting till about 10 p.m. in the upstate, uh, where we could see the potential for all modes of severe weather. And then by 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, the thunderstorm threat should start to diminish. But we will keep rain in the forecast all the way through noon tomorrow. And there will be a chance that we could see some isolated thunderstorms in the overnight hours through the morning tomorrow morning. And by lunchtime, it's out of here. Everything starts to clear up, and we set the stage for a beautiful weekend coming up with uh, quiet weather lasting through Tuesday of next week. Wow, that's certainly something to look forward to. In terms of the concern, the biggest concern people have, of course, when you talk about severe weather, the possibility of tornadoes. Who faces the biggest threat uh, in that far, particular area? Yeah, far western North, far western North Carolina, especially, you know, uh, uh, right there, Andrus and Murphy, uh, working on up to Maggie Valley. I think uh, there is a chance there in the mountains that we could see uh, one or two tornadoes there. Uh, it's... It's pretty marginal for the upstate of South Carolina right now, but we can't rule out the risk of a couple of tornadoes in the upstate Midlands and all the way down to uh, the low country. And, uh, you know, right here in Charlotte, we're kind of on the fence between that level one and level two chance. So can't rule out the risk of a tornado. There may be one or two, uh, but I think the better chances for anything that's going to consider to be long track EF2 or stronger tornadoes are going to be in far western North Carolina and right along the Savannah River in South Carolina along the border with Georgia. So the better dynamics are down there and the better opportunities for severe weather look to be a little bit further to our south once again. But 
even in the Charlotte metro, I don't think we can rule out the risk of a couple of tornadoes even as we head into the evening hours this evening. So just to recap here, in the final minute we have left before our break, so it looks like the severe weather threat begins, the storms begin probably around 4 o'clock or so in the afternoon in the upstate area. By 6 p.m., we're talking about a threat in the Charlotte area and uh, surrounding counties, and this threat continues up until midnight and maybe beyond. So that's what's in store. That's absolutely right. And then the potential for severe weather probably after midnight will start to diminish. We'll get this wave of low pressure and cold front sweep through, and we'll be looking at improving weather as we move into two tomorrow afternoon as the sun makes a triumphant return. And we go into some quiet weather, some cooler temperatures this weekend. In fact, we could see some overnight lows in the 30s, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, probably one of the last times we'll see 30s this season before we finally start to move into a spring warm-up next week, and that'll take us into the Easter weekend next weekend. Hey, we're certainly ready for that. And into the 30s, uh, meteorologist Richard Llewelling from the Weather Channel. Thanks a lot for joining us, friend. Thank you, Vince. So make your plans accordingly. Hopefully, you'll be back home and safely with family by the time all of this craziness starts this afternoon and evening. And be sure to keep it tuned right here. For all the latest weather information, stay with us. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. One of the things I, that's a big theme in my life, is the importance of just being situationally aware. It's all the time. You know, it's kind of interesting to me, because I'm the kind of person, I'm very much aware of what's going on around me. I notice people, I notice circumstances, situations that are going on. And where possible, I like to get involved to be a help. There are people I see all the time, walk around with blinders on, walk around with 
with uh, iPods on and just kind of tune out everything. It's great to be tuned in. And here's an example of what happens when people are tuned in and at the right place at the right time. In fact, these are the folks who actually declare just that. There are times God actually puts you in the right place at the right time. I want to set the scene for you. A horrible, horrifying situation. Screams from burning home. Inside that home, a couple trapped. This is something that happened Sunday night at a home in Texas. One of the ironies, and I don't know what the crime situation is in this particular neighborhood, but this particular home had burglar bars. The intent is to keep criminals out. The sad thing is, in this case, it kept a couple stuck inside their house. At that point, enter with flames raging at this house. Two men who just happened to be on their way to the barber. This is Sunday morning, remember. They heard one of the trapped individuals yelling for help. One of the Good Samaritans said, I saw him standing at the burglar bar. My barber pulled his truck down, put the chain on the burglar bar, snatched him out. I tried to go in and get the wife, but the smoke and the flames, they were just way too hot. The second hero who helped at the scene said he was crying amid their inability to rescue the woman in her 60s. Tragically, she later died at a local hospital. The man trapped with her, who was given CPR at the scene, is expected to survive. Neither hero wished to be named, but Houston Fire Deputy Chief Douglas Harrison praised their quick thinking actions for helping to save the life of the man. And this is what he had to say about these two. They definitely stepped up and helped the problem. They didn't just sit back and watch. Man, aren't there so many applications for this? And of course, it would be very appropriate for us to pray for this man who has survived, not only for his health, but this has to be a horrible time of grief for him as he has lost his wife. But I'm sure he's very thankful for two people who were determined not to just sit back and watch. It's why he is alive today. Speaking of life, had an interesting conversation yesterday with a good friend of mine. I may as well tell you. Because he's been on this program. Steve Dace. Hadn't talked to him in quite a while. And it was kind of interesting because we were talking about the elections coming up this year. And the presidential contest for 2024. And it's amazing because Steve and I agree on so much. And he put into words what I had been thinking lately. And he said, you know what? What we need in 2024 we need someone who's going to help move legislation. That's what we need. Someone's going to move legislation. 
which is one of the reasons why at the time, and again, this is not an endorsement because it's way too early for this. It's one of the reasons why both of us were speaking very favorably of Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Look at what they are doing. They're passing legislation, this whole issue about parental control in the schools. How did that happen? Was that an executive order? No, it was legislation. You get it passed in the legislature, and then you get a signature from the governor, it becomes law. One of the things I expressed as a concern early on, I always said there was a risk during the Trump administration that it might very much end up looking like the Obama administration from this angle that all of the executive orders that were signed, they just disappear. They're gone. Once the new president comes in, it doesn't matter what you've done. All of those things that were signed, they're gone. What is it that stands? Those things that were passed by Congress and signed into law. This is why yesterday you have Joe Biden at the White House with Barack Obama talking about what? Obamacare and expanding it because it is law. It's still law. So this is what we need to consider as we look to 2024. And and this is not just the presidency. This is the House and the Senate, because we've got elections coming up this year. You need to look and ask yourself the question, what kind of legislators will be elected? Are they going to promote limited government? Are they going to empower parents? Very important questions. Speaking of legislatures, out in Oklahoma, the House has given final legislative approval to a bill that would make performing an abortion a felony, punishable up to 10 years in prison. Little discussion, no debate. The Republican-controlled House voted 70-14 to to send that bill to the governor. He's previously said he would sign any anti-abortion bill that comes to his desk. It's one of several anti-abortion measures still alive in Oklahoma's legislature this year. This is part of a trend of GOP-led states passing aggressive anti-abortion legislation as the conservative U.S. Supreme Court is considering ratcheting back abortion rights that have been in place for nearly 50 years. And I would say again, there are no abortion rights in the law. What you see, what you've seen for the last 50 years... Action from a court. I am very excited about the fact that we've got legislatures that are aggressively taking actions to advance the agenda of life. It's really not complicated at all, folks. By the way, the penalties for abortion are not for the woman, they are for the doctor. I want to make this very clear. See, this at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want. You can campaign on whatever you want. Call yourself whatever conservative, Republican. At the end of the day, what matters is what are you going to do when you get in office? It's time for action. Stay with us.
I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the broadcast, before the break, I was telling you how important it is that we advance legislation. You know, executive orders are just not going to cut it. We want to make a long-term difference. There's got to be positive legislation, empowering legislation for we the people. And much of it, from my perspective anyway, is about disassembling. Disassembling big government. It's got to be done by Congress. This texture, <laughs> very skeptical about what I've said here. Apparently, that's not as easy as it sounds. You're talking about the swamp, a lot of rhinos. Do we hear anything out of them right now? Out of our conservative representatives? No, they are mute. Every last one of them would need to be replaced. I'm not going overboard about Trump, but you're overlooking or forgetting about everything he managed to get done in spite of the opposition. Well, I remind you, the important things that he got done, the judges, they required Congress. This is one of the few things I would praise Mitch McConnell on. The assembly line, getting conservative judges and ultimately justices on the Supreme Court. That's the most important thing accomplished during the Trump administration. Much of the other things that he tried to do during his administration wiped off, just literally wiped away with a stroke of a pen once Biden came into office. All this talk and belly aching about the, <laughs> and you've heard it over and over and over and over about the deep state. You want to do something about it? It's going to require law. Disassemble it. Legislation. Talk and Twittering. That's not going to get the job done, folks. That's the point that I'm making here. Do you really think these people in Washington, the so-called politicians, want to put the lid back on the cookie jar? Heck, heck no. They're going to support their pillaging of this country as long as they possibly can. And, hey, part of that's our responsibility. You put the same morons back in there? Whose fault is that? And this is one of the things, and I warned about this years ago. It doesn't matter who is in the White House. If you put, and you have a very, uh, basically, you have a weak link with members of Congress who are not genuine conservatives, you've got a problem. A big problem. So, whatever we're looking to do in 2024, we better begin laying the foundation this year. Get to know these candidates. Get to know the candidates. And make sure you do not send... You, you're concerned about rhinos? You take responsibility for your rhinos. The ones that are in your state in North and South Carolina. Find out who they are and don't send them back. 
Don't just complain about them. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110, the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line, is 71307. Another intriguing story to share with you. I think this is so cool. I love to see things happen that have not happened for quite some time. Case in point, Breitbart reporting on Kenosha, Wisconsin. (laughs) Hardly red state country, ladies and gentlemen. The county of Kenosha has elected a Republican executive after decades of electing Democrats. Samantha Kirkman defeated Rebecca Matoska-Mintic in the spring election to become the next Kenosha County Executive. 51% of the vote. 51 to 48. Ms. Kirkman will be the first woman and fifth county executive in Kenosha County, replacing the current person who's been there since 2008. And again, this is very significant. The Republican has actually won this. A Republican. Political observers say this is a swing county in a swing state. In 2016, former President Donald Trump won it by 238 votes, becoming the first Republican to win the county since Richard Nixon. Now notice the pattern here. 238 votes in 2020. He won by 2,700, so he expanded his lead in 2020. And this is another interesting factoid for you. Again, I tell you, this is not the heart of the South or red state country. Kenosha attracted considerable attention back in 2020 and 2021 because of the Black Lives Matter riots following the police shooting of Jacob Blake. That culminated in the trial and eventual acquittal of 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse for killing two rioters in self-defense. So I remind you again, a lot of the assumptions that drive so much of our thinking are, they're simply not right. (laughs) And I think there are some surprises in store this fall. I really do believe there will be some surprises. Another interesting item I want to share with you, there's been a lot of conversation in recent days about Twitter and the presence of Elon Musk. One of the things I told you on this program, I think putting Elon Musk on the board was a strategic move to keep him from taking more control over Twitter. I mean, this guy, through the power of his money, can pretty much do whatever he wants. It was a defensive move. I came across a very interesting post from Seth Dillon. In case you don't know who Seth Dillon is, he's one of the masterminds behind Babylon Bee. You know Babylon Bee is one of my favorite websites. I love the work that they do. It's absolutely hilarious. The post that they do. Here's a post from yesterday from Seth Dillon. And I think this is very telling. 
Musk reached out to us before he polled his followers about Twitter's commitment to free speech. He wanted to confirm that we had, in fact, been suspended. He even mused on that call that he might need to buy Twitter. Now he's the largest shareholder and has a seat on the board. Intriguing, isn't it? This is a guy who did his homework. I'm thrilled about the fact that he made connection with someone who has been targeted by Twitter. And hopefully this is the beginning of a reversal of these kinds of policies. Still to come, some surprising support for Florida's parental rights bill. This one is going to blow a few circuits. But first, you will meet someone new behind the microphone. Relatively new. Coming up. Stay with us. And we continue our broadcast here, and I want to ask our friends in the upstate, listening on 1063WRD, to bear with us while we uh, welcome aboard someone to uh, News Talk 1110WBT. But I hope there's something in this for everybody, a conversation with someone who is relatively new to our airwaves anyway, who's joining us in the 6 to 10 a.m. time slot with our good friend Bo Thompson. And that is Beth Troutman, who is now officially aboard to uh, uh, to uh, fill those wonderful hours of the morning as you're on the way to work and getting your day started. Beth Troutman is here with us this morning. First off, congratulations and welcome to the broadcast, Beth. Oh, thank you so much, Vince. And I don't know um, if your listeners know this, but you had a, um, a pretty big hand in my broadcasting career. Um, back in 2004, I ran for Congress. I ran for the U.S. House and had I a televised that. debate. And you were my moderator of that debate. I remember that debate, yes. Yes, and that's how I ended up, after the, after I lost the election, a news director uh, put me on the air because of that debate. And so you are actually quite responsible for the fact that I even ended up on <laughs> oh the air goodness. in general. So I have you to thank for, you know, all these years later, here we are working together, and, and we met, you know, gosh, almost 20 years ago before my broadcasting career started. So thank you. That is pretty awesome. That's very kind of you to say. And I, I have to tell you, and, and you know this, Beth, when you meet somebody, sometimes you get a sense of their soul and just at, uh, the genuineness of that person and you connect well. And I remember, I do remember that debate and meeting you and I had that really strong sense about you. Aww. And so I, uh, it's a real honor and privilege and not only have you here in the broadcast today, but I'm really glad that you are officially with us oh. here and the broadcast team. Well, you're going to get me so teary-eyed. I... Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I, it's uh, not at all exaggerated. I speak from the heart. I, I want to learn about your journey because it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of scary when you talk about 20 years ago. I thought, I wow, uh, we're, well, I can't say anything about you, but I am getting old. I'll just put it that way. Well, you uh, have to be 25 to run for Congress, and it was 20, 20 years. I mean, you can start doing the math and figure out my age pretty quickly if you're listening today. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious about your journey yeah. uh, in terms of uh, you uh, running for Congress. Well, first off, what motivated you to run for Congress? You know, I've always been an, an idealistic person in the fact that I do believe that, that that serving the public is a way to change the world. And I was a political science major in college. I was a Senate page for, um, gosh, when I was in eighth grade, I worked for the Speaker of the House while I was in college. I've always been interested in politics. I, I worked for the TV show The West Wing, which, of course, was a political show. And when the opportunity came around for me to run, I was the first woman to run in District A. Um, at the time, and I thought it was a chance. I was 27 at the time, and I thought it was, you know, a chance for me to, to communicate with young voters or potential young voters to try to get younger people involved in the process. Because, you know, one of the biggest days of my life was when I turned 18 and was able to register to vote. And I wanted, you know, other young people to feel that passionate about the process. But I also you know, saw some things that I thought were happening and, and wanted to try to be a person who made some change. And, and and even more than that, even though I lost the election, in that process, you get to communicate with so many constituents and yes. get to know so many people. And if you're, you know, doing it for the right reasons, you get to hear what people are concerned about and hear about their problems and try to figure out solutions. And that's supposed to be the role of our um, our servants. And I don't necessarily think that always happens, but I know that that was my motivation um, whenever I ran back then. I have no doubt about that at all. By the way, this is kind of intriguing. You mentioned running for office. I have a post, you know how Facebook brings up your post from uh, years ago, right, right. from 2014, where someone posted, I was going to be making an appearance for my political campaign running for Congress in uh, North Carolina District 12. There was going to be an event April 7th at 6 p.m. Um, <laughs> this was 2014. 2014. Oh, my gosh. It, it's it, it's right. Facebook has a way of making you um, nostalgic and also making you feel old. <laughs> tell me about it. Tell me about it. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Just a short period of time. Uh, tell me about your journey into broadcasting. Once you left the political sphere, um, tell me about that, how you got involved. You know, Ken White, um, the late Ken White, was a news director over at uh, what was then the Fox affiliate here in Charlotte. It's now WCCB. And he offered me um, the morning show there. And I didn't have broadcasting experience. I had only had, uh, you know, communication experience in, in running for Congress. But I decided to just say yes and figure out what I was doing and learn while on the job, which sometimes is the best learning you can do because you yep. get thrown into the deep end of the pool and you have to sink or swim. And it was such a wonderful training ground because, you know, it was a four-hour morning show. A great deal of it was ad-lib. It was a lot of fun. Ken White liked to say he liked to do radio on television. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I cut my teeth. And then from there, I ended up getting my first um, national morning show. I worked for the Lifetime Network and then did a syndicated show. And then back in 2015, came back here to the Charlotte market, which is my home. I was born and raised here because my mother was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. So I was working at WCNC. I was the anchor there so that I could be with my mother and be her caretaker in um, in those you know, final months and weeks and even well, days of her life. Well, I'm certainly glad you were able to, to do that. Beth, we are up against a hard break I here. Know. I want to keep, are you able to stay through a break? Absolutely, you, absolutely. For you, I will do anything. Do that. Hopefully. We're gonna continue our conversation on the other side of the break here with Beth Troutman. Uh, right here on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Stay with us. 
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 